0: Hey, entrepreneur. On episode seven of this podcast, I dropped a recording of a presentation that I did for a Facebook group of about 18,000 people. And that episode got a ton of amazing feedback. I actually asked people to email me, DM me, however they wanted to get in touch with me, and let me know if they wanted more episodes like this. And you came back with a resounding yes. You loved it. So, I went into the archives and I found this amazing interview that I did on a podcast called Chasing the Insights with this brilliant entrepreneur named Vince Warnock. And it is actually from 2021. So about a year and a half ago is when I recorded this podcast episode. And I think that every little moment on this podcast is still super relevant today and is gonna be really helpful for you as you listen through it. So I hope that you enjoyed this week's podcast episode. And if you ever have ideas for other episodes or wanna hear me talk about something specific, that might help you get further along in your business quicker, faster, with less stress and overwhelm, please reach out to me and let me know. Just email justine at justinebeauregard.com and I will do my best to incorporate your ideas into the show and tag you when I do. So without further ado, listen to this week's episode all about compassion in your marketing and how it actually creates better results for your business and brand in the short term and the long term. Enjoy. You're listening to the People Over Profit Podcast. Hi, I'm Justine Beauregard. Since 2008, I've helped scale multiple businesses to seven, eight, and nine figures by focusing on quality connections, not vanity metrics. For decades, we've been taught to believe that business is just a numbers game, but really it's a relationships game. Gone are the days of prioritizing money over our missions and the people that our businesses are built to support. I created this podcast because I want you to make a difference in the world without feeling like you have to sacrifice your income or your integrity to do it. We're gonna get real here, covering everything from sales to marketing, branding, audience building, systems, leadership, mindset, and everything in between. Think of this podcast and me as a business coach in your pocket, a place you can turn to whenever you wanna feel inspired, be challenged, learn something new, or hear different perspectives about life and business. If you're building a business that puts people first, you belong here. Now, let's spend some quality time time together.
1: Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of chasing the insights. How you're doing? I'm Vince Warnock. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy day to join me here as I get to talk to uh, some of the most intelligent Uh, some of the most cleverest, and if that's not a word, I'm just making it up, so that's okay. Uh, And some of the most compassionate uh, leaders in the industry, very specific with the words I'm using here, by the way, because I'm about to introduce you to Justine Burrigal. She is a coach for compassionate entrepreneurs. She began her career as a small business marketer back in 2008, Seems like such a distant memory now, Justine. Uh, And has since created two six-figure businesses and helped hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs worldwide to do the same with ease and joy. Plus, get this, her work and expert opinions have been featured in major online publications such as CIO.com, FitsmallBusiness.com, BusinessToCommunity.com. I feel like you're being greedy now, Justine. My goodness, Justine, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's such an honor to have you here.
0: Thank you so much for having me, same.
1: Uh, awesome. Now we are going to be talking about something that's very near and dear to my heart as well. And I know is is something that you're very passionate about, but it's this whole concept of compassionate marketing, like compassionate email, compassionate lead magnets. But before we get into that, let's get to know you a little bit better. So give us a bit of your backstory. Talk to us about how you got to where you are now and why you're so passionate about helping compassionate female entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. So Like you read in my bio, since 2008, I've been a marketer and a sales trainer, and I have come a long way to get to this point. Let me say that. (laughs) So when I first started, I started in software marketing. So the complete opposite of what I'm doing now, I worked mostly with men, a lot of bro marketing tactics, those classic buy now, everything's at a discount, everything needs to be sold. Um, Going through that for so many years and working in such a high you know, energy, fast paced, sort of volatile environment where I worked for a lot of startups and there was a lot of turnover and I was pretty much responsible for all of the marketing from soup to nuts. So I was being paid as a marketing manager, marketing director, but I was doing the job of a CMO and working my way through all of those businesses. I realized when I got my first client um, as a consultant back in 2015, who was a woman And she was telling me how she was passionate about nonprofits and that she had so many amazing ideas and listening to her speak about how much she cared about the world and making it a better place. I just thought, I agree with you. I like that too. (laughs) And I started to think, I wanted my marketing to have a purpose. I didn't just want it to be How to make the rich richer or how to sell the most amount of something but to really make an impact to make to leave a legacy for my kids and. For myself to really be proud of the work that I put out there and to help really great people be seen so that they could serve the masses, with all of their amazing gifts.
1: I love that so much and i love that moment like when you worked with that woman i love that moment where you realize wait a minute there's decent marketers out there oh my goodness not everyone is slimy not everyone is sleazy the the bro marketers make up a small portion of what is a very passionate and compassionate industry so i, I love this so much no wonder you and i get on so well okay so, yeah. so i'm so glad you went on that journey and got out of that environment and because i know like you said you're helping hundreds of compassionate female entrepreneurs. And I think that is incredibly needed in this industry and incredibly worthwhile. So let's start talking about this whole concept of compassion with marketing. But first of all, give us a definition. So when you're talking marketing, when you're talking email, when doing lead magnets, all these kind of things, What do you mean? Like, what is the definition of compassionate in that sense?
0: For me, what it means, and I think everything to do with marketing and everything to do with business in general is very subjective. And especially the coaching industry, it's non-regulated, it's a lot of opinions. And I think what it comes down to is a couple of different things. So the first one is trust that's like paramount. It's the cornerstone. It's actually what I believe is an asset to any business is to contain trust for people that you work with trust for clients that you have trust for yourself as a business owner that you're doing the right thing. And a lot of people who hold compassion for other people are active listeners, and they really appreciate that human connection that one to one, look you in the eye, feel for you and understand where you're coming from. Or if they don't understand, then they'll ask the questions to dive deeper, to really understand how they can serve you best. So pretty much if I had to really simplify it, I would say it's human marketing versus bot (laughs) marketing. Like it's taking that human element and putting it into even automated things like email, when you send an email, making it really feel like you're sitting down having a cup of coffee or, you know, glass of whiskey with somebody and just looking at them and saying, Hey, I care about you. How can I help you today? And really meaning it.
1: I love that. I love that you're speaking my, my language now to him at whiskey, but uh, yeah. so awesome. <laughs> I, I love that you brought it down to just basically treat them like a human being. And that is, oh, honestly, this is something And you and I've chatted about this before, but we gen- genuinely want to change about the industry. Uh, we were really crush that whole treat people as a dollar sign, treat them as a number, treat them as a, a stat, a data point people are very unique they're very different and they should be treated like a human being as well so bring the empathy back in um oh, this is awesome see now i'm going to get overexcited excited about this justin this, this is going to be like a <laughs> five hour show with you and i just going, yes let's crush the bro marketers um <laughs> but anyway so so we've talked about what compassionate is in the sense of marketing and like you said summed up is treat other people like human beings but first of all, before we kind of get into some of your tips and tricks about how to bring that compassion into it, why is it so important? Like, because, and, and I'll, I'll put this out there because you, everyone knows me when they listen to the show. Anyway, they know that this is something that I'm very passionate about as well, is treating people as human beings. But there is a sector of the, of the industry where they do treat people as just purely a sales funnel. And for some businesses that seems to work. So why then as entrepreneurs, is it so important for us to introduce compassion into our marketing?
0: It's about how you feel about the work that you do. When you are lit up by what you do, when you're living in your zone of genius, when you're showing up every day, just like propelled by all of the passion behind what you do and caring about people, and you genuinely make connections and make people feel good. It just does so much better things for the world. It does so much better for your life to make you more fulfilled because I see so many people wandering around like zombies in their day jobs, like working nine to five and just being like, you know, I just got to collect the money. Just got to collect the paycheck. When you're an entrepreneur, you don't have that. You make your schedule. You choose who you work with. You decide what you do. So if you choose to not love what you do and not be lit up and not want to wake up every day and get to all the work that you're excited to do. Why are you doing it? In the U S we have a show called shark tank and there's all these billionaire investors who come on. And one of the things they say is entrepreneurship is the only career path where you're willing to work 80 hours to avoid working 40. (laughs) And it's funny because well, because it's true, but yeah. also because when you do work that you're lit up by, never feels like work. You know, if I work a late night, it's never because I have to and I'm bogged down by the work and I feel bad about it. It's because I'm lit up and excited and I can't think about anything else because it's just so fun. Yeah. Everybody should feel like that.
1: I love that so much. I, I love that the kind of the example you used there as well. Like if, you know, those that, that are still sitting in their nine to five job and if they listen to this show, it's probably because they've got their inkling of entrepreneurship where they're going, I know there's something bigger for me. I know there's something out there that I need to do. But right now, I'm stuck in that daily grind. I'm stuck in that nine-to-five job. But you're right. If you leave that nine-to-five job because you feel unfulfilled, because you're feeling unsatisfied, you know you can build something yourself, you know you're called to something. If you leave that nine-to-five job to go and create a business, create whatever it is that you're creating, and you don't feel fulfilled in that, then essentially you've traded unfulfillment for Unfulfillment with extra work. <laughs> so, why on earth would you do that? Um, this is so important. And I, and I love that aspect, like you're talking about compassion and, and showing the human element of business is how to feel fulfilled as well. That's awesome. Well, there you go. Yeah. I, I, was, I thought this was going to take hours to just define the importance of it and go into stats and go into everything, but now, nah, mic drop <laughs> moment. It's literally, guys, you're going to feel fulfilled. Done. End of story. Um, also,
0: I want to add too yeah. that a lot of people think compassion is a weakness. That's what a lot of the bro marketers think. That's what a lot of the classic marketing people think is you can't care about people too much because then it will impact your bottom line. You can't be too human because there has to be this level of spreadsheet mentality. That's what I call it, where people are just a number on a spreadsheet. But truly my first business as a consultant, I had it for five years before I got into coaching. When I started that business, I just remember thinking this is bigger than me. This is something where I am going to create partnerships, meet amazing people like you and so many other people that I've met that I just connect to and make a real connection with. And when we talk about things and we care about things and we share in that level of compassion for each other, listening, empathy, like you said, you really start to understand like how easy it is to build your empire with people alongside you, you're so much stronger together than you are apart. And using that compassion as a, as your biggest strength potentially is something that can change the game completely. It can bring your revenue from low numbers, working on your own, trying to hustle and grind and all those classic words to loving what you do, being lit up and having people just a rising tide lifting all the boats.
1: Oh my goodness, yes. I, I so like you've inspired me. I so need to get one of those soundboards for my podcast. So, right now, <laughs> there'll be like cheers and lots of clapping and things like that. I 100% agree with you. <laughs> I think for me, like the, the decision to leave Cigna, for example, right, that was an incredibly good job, right? Very, very well paying job, but incredibly good job. And uh, I enjoyed the work to a degree but there was a sense of unfulfillment there and there was this thing that was pulling me away from that and a lot of that is to do with the people aspect, and when you're, you know, when you're a C-suite executive, you are removed from people. You're removed from the impact that you're making. You, you literally are treating people like a spreadsheet. Which I, I love that spreadsheet mentality, um, as in I don't love spreadsheet mentality, but it's a great way to describe it. Um, so that when it made sense for me to move away from there, but I kind of forgot. Like I've been in the corporate life for five years. There, I had forgotten what it was like to have my own business and the importance of those relationships, like your work is fulfilling is in a sense with what you're building particularly if you love what you're doing but those relationships are the most fulfilling things and i think i was talking to you justine before the show or on one of our other calls but uh, it's been the biggest surprise for me running a podcast is just the people I'm connected with and how quickly you build really good friendships with them and how important those relationships are going forward. Literally, if you're having a bad day, you can reach out to a bunch of people you've, you know, sat on a podcast with or you've connected with or you've spoken to a summit with, reach out to these people and have them kind of stand alongside you and help you out. It's just oh, so incredible. Right. Um, yeah. Now, see, it's, I'm getting on my soapbox again. This is what you do, Justine. You, you've got you all fired up now about <laughs> compassion. I love I'm
0: rallying it. you. Rallying
1: me. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is awesome. All right. So, so we understand what compassion is. We understand the importance of it, which is really tied to that whole fulfillment piece. Really important. So now talk to us about, <laughs> I'm going to ask you the obvious question, how do we be more human, Justine? Like, <laughs> how do we introduce that human element, that compassion element into our marketing?
0: So, rule of thumb: don't be a weirdo, right? Wow. <laughs> and don't spit you, out your water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was
1: just say, you say that right when I took a mouthful of water. Thanks for that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll clean my screen. I love
0: later. that. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, it's just—it's so funny. People overthink every detail. They do they try to do all the things at once they get their hands in all these different places. And they're going like 10% into LinkedIn, 10% into email marketing, 10% into SEO for their website. And then they start to get into this sort of like pit of despair of (laughs) I'm doing all the things and nothing is working. And so they start to phone it in, in a lot of places and they start to do the bare minimum. And what I tell all of my clients to do is, shift your focus and completely lower your expectations. Like I'm a mom of two boys. And if I thought being a mother was supposed to be all organic vegetables and fruits and no TV time past six o'clock and reading books three times a day consistently, you know, I would think i was a terrible mother right (laughs) but i love my kids and i give them ice cream at 8 p.m when they're amazing and we go on hikes for hours in the day and i forget about their nap or you know there's (laughs) random things that we do and we're just like i'm clearly the fun parent out of the the (laughs) dynamic in my house but if you think about it it's like i'm following my heart. I'm following what I desire to do. I'm being lit up by the work and being a mom, just as much as being a wife or a business owner, like all of those things, they're work, you know, you've got to work at them. And so when you show up and you realize this is just who I am, instead of fighting it, lean into it. Even the bad parts, even the parts of you that you feel like no one's going to understand me. No one's going to get this. People are going to judge me just release all of that. I did a post on Instagram the other day that was a vulnerable post talking about health issues that I've been going through and how it's very hard for me. I don't know how much you know about the Enneagram, but I'm a type eight. So it's very hard for me to be vulnerable. I am a leader. I am you know, someone who does not show the soft side very often, but I do have one. Yeah. And as an evolved eight, It's okay for me to be vulnerable. I've taught myself that that's okay.
1: I love the evolve, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so I showed up and I told the story and I got so much incredible feedback. So many people saying, wow, thank you for sharing that. I never thought anything would be wrong with you. You're always on point, you're always showing up, you're always doing the things people messaging me and saying, what an inspiration, I feel like I can do so much more now that I've heard your story. It rallies people, you know, that's what causes that sense of community, which really matters is that connection and just being yourself and being truly authentic.
1: Love that. And I'm a type two, by the way, so I find that side easier. (laughs) (laughs) I love the fact you're speaking to so many different people here. um, Because most entrepreneurs go through this. In fact, most of the people I coach, probably most of the people you coach as well. uh, One of the biggest challenges you have is they immediately come to you and go, I just I'm doing all the things I'm I'm on every social platform. And someone told me I need to produce so many pieces of content per day. And it's really stressful. And they get to the point where all of that feels really inauthentic, because they are literally going through the numbers, like they're just you know paint by numbers essentially going okay i need to produce a vulnerable piece of content here or i need to produce a thought leadership piece of content here i need to do that four times or five times a week uh, on all these different channels and they're just not feeling it but actually giving yourself permission to be who you are and showing up where you want to be i love that and i love the embracing even the bad side of it um i've seen this with um, some people that i'm working with at the moment where They will turn up on a Facebook Live feeling like the most incompetent people ever. They get on there. In fact, they said to me, we really need some help with social media events. And I said, sure. Okay, first of all, what do you need help with? And they're like, oh, we're doing these Facebook Lives, but we've got no idea what we're doing. Like, we're just, we're completely in over our heads. And I'm going, okay. Now, I was chuckling away to myself because I've seen their Facebook Lives. So I understand the interpretation that they have because most of their Facebook Lives, because they're two older women... Uh, are them going? Is it on? Is it on? Is, is, is the speaker on? You, can anyone hear us? I don't know if they can hear us, love. I think they can hear us. Oh, or oh, oh, no, someone can hear us. Great. But can you see? Like, it's this whole kind of muddle at the beginning of that. Um, and they, in their mind, had thought, well, if we're going to be professional about our business, we're going to be professional entrepreneurs. We need to completely change that. We need to be this polished, like you know, super perfect presenter that gets on there like a Tony Robbins, and everyone's inspired and like, oh my goodness. But I explained to them, I pointed out to them, actually, they don't need any help. They definitely do not need my help with social media. Because the thing that they have forgotten is, they do a Facebook Live and have 500 people turn up their live. I'm going, I know big brands I've worked with that would kill for those kind of stats, for starters, yeah. 500 people turning up on a live. And by the way, being completely swamped with all the comments, because everybody is engaging with it, that in itself is a massive achievement. But the thing that they had forgotten was, the reason that everybody turned up there was because they were so genuine and authentic they had a laugh they had a bit of fun they usually drank a lot of wine during their lives which <laughs> certainly added to it um and that dottery aspect at the beginning of is it on is it on is why people chuckle and want to tune into what they're doing um so uh, just oh you're speaking volumes to so many people here um man i, I honestly I was just looking at Justine, going, "We could, we could literally. We're not going to, but we could literally finish the episode right there, and that's already and added so much value to entrepreneurs. This is, in fact, anyone listening to this, on behalf of Justine and myself, this is your permission to get to basically be yourself. It is your permission to turn up, what's and all, um, to the good side and the bad side of you, to turn up to your business authentically and turn up for your clients in a way that is uniquely you. I love that so much." Um, Oh, right. Okay. Let me
0: add a footnote to that too, yeah. because so Amy Porterfield is someone that is in the space. I have aspects of her that I love and there are aspects of her that I don't necessarily agree with, but I respect her. And one of the things that I love, so one of the things I don't love is blueprinting. She's very much into blueprints. Yep. That is not my jam. But one of the things I love about her, she did this speech, I think it was last year at, um, at tribe the tribe event yeah. and she talked about this concept of scabs and scars so i want to add a footnote to that of being yourself yeah when you're in something and the example that she gave i think was about feeling bad about her body someone had made a comment about how she was overweight and she sort of did this long-winded blog post about how it doesn't matter if you're overweight and you know kind of attacked that whole thing, because she was in it. She was so in it. And what that means is it's a scab. So it's still sensitive to you. If someone scratches it a little bit, it's gonna start to bleed. And so then a year later, after she had kind of absorbed all of that, went through the trauma, did all the processing of that information, she came back and she wrote this really incredible article and she was able to get so much more reach and make so much more impact. And that was because it was a scar that yeah. nobody could scratch it enough that it would ever break open. And so I just want to add that point of when you're sharing pieces of you, the the warts and all, the bad parts, the scabs, just be careful. Just be mindful of what's a trigger for you, what is going to be a really difficult thing to sort of have a dialogue about with people that you don't know that maybe don't understand you because you want to be able to help people in the best way and by doing that you want to show up as somebody who's already processed through traumatic events and knows your triggers and is super aware of that so that you can show up as your best self because i've been there too and i think we've all probably done this once or twice or you know a thousand times um that we just show up and we're just like yeah i want to help people i want to do this i want to get this message out sometimes it's good to sit on things for a couple of weeks couple of months let it kind of absorb and then figure out how you want to tackle it because you are here for the greatest good you are here to help people so just keep that in mind too i love that so much
1: yeah it's, it's quite different when you're sharing vulnerability from a position of power and by that i mean yeah. like when you're talking about you know if it's a scar, if it's something that you've processed you've dealt with you've, you've learned from, you've learned more about yourself, you learn more about how you turn up for people. If you're sharing from that position of going, hey, I've been through this, I understand this, I know what it's like to go through this with you guys, that is from a position of strength versus a position of just pure raw vulnerability, which it uh, does have its place in some circumstances, if it's a safe environment, but in other environments, it'll actually just open you up more to hurt or open you up more to responding, like you said, you know, being triggered and responding in the negative when when you've actually got the opportunity to help someone. That is so important. I think, I think the best advice I ever got around that, Justine, was if you're going to share something, you have to understand, you, you have to know that you're comfortable sharing it, right? You have to be comfortable sharing it. You have to make sure you've gone through that process. You're not just still right in the middle of it. Um, but then the other thing is the context too. Um, like, don't just say, and, and I've done this with one of my clients who is sharing about past traumas and things like that. And I'm going, it's adding no value to your audience. You are literally yeah. just making yourself vulnerable for no reason. Like, what is yeah. it you want them to take away from what you're sharing? What do you want them to feel? What do they want them to know? If it's there to encourage them, that's great. If it's there to teach them, that's great. If it's there just to just to um, like incite some kind of um, sympathy, then no, don't do that. <laughs> that's that's not good.
0: Yeah, and sometimes so. that's how you know when you're not being authentic. Is yeah. somebody told you be more vulnerable, show up this way, and you're trying when you're trying. To be compassionate, I see all the Star Wars memorabilia behind you. So I'll just (laughs) say, with Yoda and his wisdom, do or do not. There is no try. Don't try to be vulnerable. Just be it or don't. Don't try to be compassionate. Just be it or don't. Because no matter what, when you're trying, to me, what that tells me is that you're not succeeding yet. Yeah. And you have the ability to do that. You have the ability to come at it from a position of strength. So just be mindful when it feels like this doesn't have a purpose, or I'm not really sure what the purpose is, or how this ties into value for my people, that's probably you listening to someone's advice about doing something and yeah. it might not be the best course of action. So just as a, a little point of reminder there.
1: I love that. And, and by the way, you are now one of my favorite guests, because you mentioned Star Wars within the show. So well done. on that <laughs> <one>. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Um, and the other, the other, I think the final point before we go into the question, I asked all of the people, which the final point, which is kind of summarizing some of what you just said there is, Uh, particularly that last point is not being somebody else like because everyone will tell you how you should be everyone will tell you like we said before you know you have to be on every social media platform you have to produce x amount of pieces of content a day you got to talk in a specific way you got to be a bro marketer and own a lamborghini and all this bollocks but the fact is you need to be you so stop trying to be somebody else because to be honest the person that you're trying to be that's your interpretation of who they are. Anyway, the reality is they're probably not as amazing as you think they are. They probably are just as much of a hot mess as you are. They're just as insecure as you are. They're dealing with probably the same kind of crap that you're dealing. So why take that on board for yourself? Why paint a picture of perfection that's not necessarily real? And instead, just try and be an awesome version of yourself because because you're amazing. It's as simple as that. Um, yeah. I love this, Justin. All right, so Oh man, this is this is like therapy. This session, I think. <laughs> but let's let's. Where's ask... my
0: couch? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. I'll tell you about my mother. No, let's not do that. Um, so <laughs> I think, um, yeah, let's. You're completely through where I am now. That's right. Let's give us your hot three tips, basically. So this is the question I ask all my guests on here. But what are the three practical tips? The pre- three practical things you advise anyone listening to this podcast right now. When they get back to their desk, they're in front of a computer, they got a pen and pen, whatever. What are the three practical things you'd advise they do right now to move the needle for their business?
0: All right. So going off that topic of scabs and scars, I would say use your failure. So use that to propel you forward. I call it failing up. I think that when we get to a point in our business, failure becomes inevitable. You take risks, risks come with rewards. And if you want to grow to the level where you truly desire to be, you're going to take bigger risks as you go. And you're going to assess that as you go. But failure is not final. Failure is not fatal. And I can't tell you how many times I've failed and then used the failure either as an amazing lesson so that I never repeated that thing again, or for amazing content. So people love to hear about the fails. That's why lead magnets that are like the top three mistakes to avoid when it comes to this, everyone's all over it. Cause they're like, ah, oh, I don't want to make those mistakes. What are they? I need to know. Um, so all that stuff draws people in. And it also gives you really amazing practice at how to become better. So I always say practice makes progress. I never say practice makes perfect, because I don't believe there is a version of perfect. I think it's always evolving with us.
1: Oh, now, now um, I need that soundboard again. And this will just be preaching. <laughs> lots, lots of American like um, church girls going, hallelujah. <laughs> that's exactly what we do.
0: Um. The second tip would be content proliferation. So, if you've got one piece of content like this amazing podcast, and you've got a transcription software that's running in the background, you can make it into a blog and you can break that up into multiple social media posts. And you can take the video and post it to YouTube. And then you could upload it later as a watch party on Facebook, which is actually a feature that's going away. But you could upload it to Instagram. You could do so many different things with that. You could take clips, you could send it out via email. So, don't limit your yourself to just always reinventing the wheel. I think when it comes to things that you can do and use multiple different ways, think about how you can recycle and repurpose your content really strategically so that you can actually do less but achieve more. That's one of my favorite things to do with all of my clients is how can we use this 15 different ways and exhaust this content because it's that good that everyone needs to see it and most people are not going to be reading your blog and watching your videos and going in your Facebook group and doing all the things that you're doing. So if you want to keep up with the Joneses and be in all the places, that's one of the quickest ways to do it. And there's a lot of software and automation tools that are free or really cheap that you can use to help you do it really quickly.
1: I love this so much. Yes. I I still remember the moment where I'm sitting there. I got a little bit stressed out one day where I'm going, Oh, I haven't prepared a masterclass for my um, Facebook group. I uh, really want I really want to create some good content in there to add value to them. I feel like I've neglected them for the last few days, just because I was working on a pile of stuff. And I'm going, Oh, but that means I need to come up with something new. And then I look down and literally a copy of my book was sitting on the desk. And I'm like, you moron, you've got chapters and chapters and chapters of content in there where you can bring that to life for them in a visual way where it's not. Oh, it's just it was ridiculous. But yeah, that epiphany so moment. yeah, the epiphany moment of going, I should be repurposing the hell out of this content. I worked hard for it. So awesome. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, My third
0: tip, tip. the third and final tip journaling every day. (laughs) Now this one's going to be everybody listening. Journaling is just writing your thoughts. It's really not that complicated. It's not doesn't have to be a whole process. You don't need to be artistic and have a bullet journal or do anything crazy with it. I'm going to give you a pro tip right now. Okay. Use Google Docs and write down your thoughts as a journal entry or record them as a voice note so it really sounds like you. Like at the end of the day, and every month I give my community members journal prompts. So they have a prompt for every single day of the month. So I'll read you a couple to inspire you to start journaling because they're really simple. And you can use these to create content. So my content on Instagram and Facebook and all the places is actually journal entries. I take some of it that I use for me personally, and I keep close to the vest, but other pieces are literally copied and pasted from my journal into platforms like Hootsuite, where I just automate all my stuff. So a couple of journal prompts for this month, Uh, who do I admire most right now and why? Mm -hmm. What are my core values? How can I be happier with my business growth? If I'm known for one thing, what do I want it to be? And what did I do this week that felt different? And how did it feel different? So those are just a couple simple okay. prompts. I come up with these as I journal. And then every month I take the journal prompts that I think really help me the most to create some amazing content and help me work through things. And I give them to my members and they use them. And you can come up with your own too. You can Google journal prompts whatever you want to use but I feel like prompts make it a lot easier of an exercise too rather than just staring at a blank page and going uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> well,
1: to be fair you just say at the beginning that it's just writing your thoughts down on paper so I was just picturing repurposing all this content that just said burn everything burn everything burn everything <laughs> but now you've given me other things to think about which I like.
0: <laughs> Good.
1: Awesome. Hey Justine this has been absolutely incredible I knew I, I was so I'm so pleased I got you on the show. Uh, we, had to, we had to move this around a little bit, um, partly because I lost my voice at one point. And that I've discovered it's really, really hard to actually run a podcast when you have no voice. I don't know what it is, but yeah. people can't seem to listen to sign language <laughs> anyway. Um, so I'm so glad we got you on here because it's been incredibly valuable. Justine, thank you so much for joining us here. Honestly, it's been such a privilege having you on the show.
0: Thank you so much. It was great to be here.